Hey guys, I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And this is going to be Unsettling Deeply. At the super desk, we're here at the news desk tonight to report. <laughs> Back from the news desk. I'm still recovering from my birthday party that was this weekend, which you were at. It was very fun. It was fun, right? Mm -hmm. It was um, one of the, you bring hibachi people come to your house and set up like their whole grill. And yeah. it was on our deck. And I did a lot of research prior because I needed to know the weight capacity of a deck. <laughs> because... It was 18 people and the hibachi chef and the grill and all the tables and chairs. That was a good idea. You did that, actually. And the cooler. So if you're ever wondering, typical decks built to code are 50 pounds per square inch, per square foot. Okay. So our deck is 20 feet wide by 28 inches long. So we can hold somewhere between 15,000 and 60 pounds. So 60,000 pounds. We were way under that. We were pretty far under it, yeah. I would say. But, like, it just, we had never had that many people on it. So I was like, oh, my God, imagine if we're on the news because it collapses and the chef goes flying with nope. the sake super soakers. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, God. But it didn't. It was great. Yeah, it was but I'm, fun. I'm still, I'm still struggling today. It was two days ago. Get through it. <sighs> we're getting through it. Um... So today I want to talk about something that I've heard of but don't know much about. And um, I'm yeah. interested to see what you know about it. Okay. Because you're my little West Coast traveler. So I want to talk about Alcatraz and one of the most success successful escape attempts that they have on record. I've been there. I was going to say, have you been there? Yeah. Is it cool? I'm pretty sure your mom was with me. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom's been to Alcatraz too. Great. Um... Was it cool? Yeah, it was. I do want to go. I just, I've never made it to the West Coast. I know a good amount about this, so I'm excited. Okay, cool. So, um, Alcatraz was originally built in the 1850s to be a military fort. It's uh, a little over a mile away from the shore of San Francisco in the San Francisco Bay. So, once it was decommissioned as a fort, it was fabricated to be a military prison in, like, the 1910s. And then in the 1930s, it was converted to be a federal prison because of its location, um, which made it difficult to reach. And the security of the building was increased, and it was dubbed the escape-proof and strongest prison in America. Yeah. It's big shoes to fill. Interestingly enough, when the security was increased, it was the world's largest concrete and steel building in the world. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Mm, I didn't either. I watched a lot of documentaries on this. So... It's referred to as the rock because of the cold island that it sits on. And from the beginning, Alcatraz was a different style of prison. Its capacity was 312 prisoners, and it's on 22 and a half miles of property. They, um, they're spaced between different cell blocks, which are A through D, all of which had the same design. It was like a three-tier concrete and steel building, which I'm explaining to you somewhere you've already been, so we'll just get through this. 
a three-tier concrete and steel building with cells facing inward and then guard perimeters around each floor and down the center. Mm-hmm. And they said at the end of the cell blocks, there's also firing towers. In case someone escaped, they could shoot them. Shoot them. Um, the cell blocks were situated on the island behind 20-foot concrete walls that were lined with barbed wire and six guard posts that were continually monitored. But if a pr- prisoner was able to make it out of their cell block and then out of the actual prison, jump the walls of the jail, they were met by the most difficult part of the escape, which is the San Francisco Bay. Yeah, which is... Yeah, you're going to tell us. Yeah, I, I had no idea it was this bad. bad. It baffled my mind. So the water is year-round. is continually cold. It's about 50 degrees, and the current tides and waves are always churning and angry. It's like the picturesque ocean for, like, a pirate ship. Yeah. It's like a pirate ship ocean in a bay. It doesn't make any sense to me. Because bays are supposed to be more calm, but it's just... It's big. It's a big bay, but still, it's so angry. They have some of the biggest waves in the world. Really? At Half Moon Bay. Really? Yeah. Spooky. Very big, crazy waves that nobody thought they could ride until, like, the 70s, I want to say. This one guy just went out and was like, I'm gonna do it. And he surfed those waves by himself for, like, a decade. Really? And didn't tell anybody about it. And then he told them, and now it's, like, a popular spot. It's called Mavericks. Huh. Chasing Mavericks. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've yeah. heard of it. Yeah. Wild. Mm-hmm. So normal side boats, like like normal size boats avoid the area because of how rough and unpredictable it can be. So the jail had like this outer uh, this added layer that discouraged most inmates from even attempting an escape because right, where are you gonna go? Yeah. Um in the time that it was a functioning jail, thirty-six inmates tried to escape. Twenty-three were recaptured before making it to the shoreline. Seven were shot, three drowned, and five remain unaccounted for. Uh-huh. So today I want to talk about how three men escaped Alcatraz and seemed to disappear from the FBI's radar, but remain somewhat involved in their families' lives after the escape, although the FBI has assumed they're dead. Yeah. So there was actually four men involved originally in the escape plan. So first we're going to talk about Frank Morris. He was incarcerated for petty crimes, which most of them really were. You you were either sent to Alcatraz because you were really bad. Yeah. Or because you kept escaping other prisons. Yeah. So the four guys in this, like, escape plan all had very petty crimes, like robberies and car thefts. They weren't murderers or mob bosses. They just kept escaping wherever else they put them. <laughs> so it's just, it's just <laughs> such a crazy right, concept. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he was incarcerated for petty crimes, and originally he was a sent- he was sentenced to 14 years, but eventually escaped in l- his prison originally and was transferred to Alcatraz. Frank Morris had a rough upbringing. He was abandoned by his parents when he was very young, transferred to foster care, and eventually ended up in jail by 14. But his IQ was like 135, so he was brilliant. Okay. But just had a bad upbringing. Yeah. Which is a bummer. It is. Imagine the good he would have done. Right? If he could have just put all that smart into something else. Because what they did is wild. Um, Ellen West, who was the first person in Alcatraz of the four to start and plan the escape, was also in for small-time crimes with a history of escaping his other jails. The next two men were actually brothers. It was Clarence and John Algen. Angle. Angle. Sorry. Clarence and John Angle. And they were brothers... Again, small-time robbers, banks, cars, property, nothing major. 
And they ended up in Alcatraz because they also escaped from their previous prison. Of course they did. It's just like, guys, just, just, and it's like 10 years. Yeah. Just stay there. They just, they just can't. They can't. So these four men had crossed paths previously in other prisons um, they had escaped from. So when they realized that they were reunited together, they would work out some sort of plan to escape. And Alan West has started planning. They're like, perfect. So like they, Alan and Frank were both in like a Louisiana prison, I think. And Frank and the Anglin brothers, Angle brothers, I'm going to get that wrong the entire time were in a Louisiana prison as well. And then they all came back together and they're like, hey, I know you. It's like, fancy seeing you here. It's like summer camp, but it's not because it's jail. So it, it wasn't until one day when uh, Alan West realized that the salt air was affecting the concrete, which Alcatraz was made out of. He was, you know, he was sitting there bored and he's just picking at the wall. And he realized how quickly he could break through one of the cell walls. Obviously, like, not all the way through, but he made some some pretty significant damage in a really small amount of time so he stops picking and he begins to look around to see like okay if i can pick out these walls where am i gonna pick because they were smart enough to heat um temper all of the bars that the cells were covered like fronted in so you can't cut through them Mm -hmm. so your only way out is going through the concrete so he starts looking and all of the cells were exactly the same setup they were six by nine feet very small Two shelves on the back wall to keep your personal items. They also had a sink, a toilet with no seat, a bed, and a vent that was connected to a maintenance hallway behind it to get fresh air into the cells. And it was that vent that would actually eventually give them their freedom. Yeah. So the planning and preparation would take nine months before they expected before their expected escape. Because of the location, they knew that it would have to be in four phases. First, they have to deceive the guards to get close work on their supplies, escape the prison, and then escape the island. So first, we need to make sure that their cells are close enough together in this, and they were already in the same cell block. And I don't really understand the thought process behind this because, again, Alcatraz held some of the toughest inmates or, like, escapable people. But they put in a request to be moved next to each other, and the guards are like, sure. (laughs) So they move these four guys just seemingly like, sure, put all their cells right next to each other. Like, yeah. What could go wrong? Well, yeah, this is, this is fine. Where are you going to go, right? Yeah. It's not like you guys ever got out somewhere else. They had some chutzpah. So now they're all next to each other. Um, so they're already in the cell block. Now they're next to each other. Um, they were also allowed to make other requests with regards to what they called happy hour. So happy hour is where they played music or explored their artistic side. Okay. Which, okay. They were allowed to request certain instruments to participate in happy hour. So one of the Algan brothers um, had a guitar and the other one had an accordion. Alan West put in a request, like I said, to have their cells move together. So then they would sit there and like jam out during happy hour and they could hear each other. It's like, oh, this is, this is cool. This is, nothing's going to go wrong. <laughs> Prison jam band. Exactly. Now that they're in closer proximity to each other, they were able to start working on how they would escape. Um, One of the interesting things about Alcatraz is that most prisoners, if they were well-behaved enough, were assigned a job to keep them busy throughout the day when they weren't in the prison jam band. Uh, Frank Morris was assigned a position in maintenance, which gave him access to a lot of places that prisoners typically were not allowed to go. Mm -hmm. 
So through his maintenance position, he was able to case like the entire cell block without the guards really thinking anything of it because it's part of his daily duties. It's what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, John Anglin was assigned to work in the prison barber shop, which allowed him to get the supplies needed for the escape plan. And prisoners were also allowed to do crafts. And again, they're, they're crooks. They steal things. So they were able to start to collect all these things without the guards noticing. They built a pretty rambunctious supply list, and it was all to support their plan to get out of a prison and off the island. Now, again, because of where the prison was, it was usually cold and rainy on the rock, and they gave all of the prisoners raincoats. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, because of the time, the raincoats were made out of actual rubber, not like like our windbreakers now. They were like legit rubber raincoats. Um, prisoners were also given access to a library that had tons of different books, including Popular Mechanics magazine. Well, separately, the ability to visit a library, play music, stay out of the rain, and work their jobs seem innocuous. But together, this is a way that they were able to escape Alcatraz. Alan West, during his free time, started reading a Popular Mechanics magazine, and he saw how someone would repurpose a vacuum motor to create a small hand drill. Mm. And because they were on the maintenance team, they had access to vacuums. So Alan was able to fabricate drills for the four men to use to drill small perforations into the wall around the vent to make the vent hole bigger. And they're not like, where's the vacuum? Like, why is the vacuum not working? Because they're the maintenance guys. (laughs) The floors are just terribly dirty. They also started um, using spoons that they stole from the cafe which, again, we're talking about the 30s, so they're like heavy steel spoons. They would chop the head off and use that to dig out the hole to make it bigger. So remember their instruments, their guitar, their jam band, accordion? Yeah. They would use the instruments that they requested for during happy hour to cover the holes during the day. So you got like and- the loud-ass accordion? They're like, yeah! <laughs> and they would use the instruments to cover up the sound of the drills chipping the concrete. So it was very choreographed. Two of them could work and two of them would play the jam band. Okay. And they would alternate on days. They're like, this jam band sounds less robust than it used to. <laughs> it should be louder than it's this. balanced. Eventually, one of them was able to make it all the way through the wall. And as their vent hole was finally big enough, they climbed into the maintenance hallway, which was behind the cell block. And saw that it was relatively unguarded. But Frank Morris already knew that because he had spent time on the maintenance crew and in that hallway. So Alcatraz was also known for being one of the cleanest jails in the world. Despite the loss of the vacuum. But yeah, without the vacuum. Vacuum be damned. So one of the tasks that was assigned to Frank Morris was to sweep the top of the cell blocks, which was often often very dusty and covered in paint chips. Mm -hmm. So Frank made it a point one day to sweep all of the dust and debris into the center of the cell block, which made the guards upset because they like to keep the place clean. So Frank suggested to keep the place clean, he should cover up where he's working so that none of the dust and debris fly all over. Mm. So the guards were like, yeah, that's fine. Like, duh. So they gave him a drop cloth so he could cover up the section that he was working, but what they didn't realize was they now gave these four men a secret place that they could come and work on their projects during the night to escape. They were like, come to the meeting lab. So the next problem they faced was that they couldn't leave their beds all night because the guards were constantly walking around to make sure prisoners were in their beds. So they used a mixture of magazine clippings, hair from the barbershop, paint from the maintenance room, and clay from the art room 
to build model replicas of their sleeping faces. You gotta give it to them. I the dedication to mm-hmm. just stay there. <laughs> but you're the so whole bored time, in jail, and you're a genius. You're like, oh, might as well fuck around. The whole time I'm just like, just stay there. Like, mm, you can't be changed. So they built these very lifelike, like they had eyelashes, model replicas of their heads, so they could put the model on a pillow, partially cover cover it up with a blanket, like it was sleeping, and then as the guards would walk by, they would just see these four sleeping prisoners. But they were actually, the prisoners themselves were in the workshop above the cell block behind the drop cloth that the guards gave them, <laughs> building supplies to escape. But how'd they get out of the cell? They all did the same. Oh, because they were all, the okay, so that was at that point, it was all connected. Okay, I got it. Got yeah, because the, the hallway was behind all of their cells. Yeah, So yeah. once they got the vents out, and then, because they only had two instruments, I'm pretty sure, they had to build replica vent covers. Yes. So they used cardboard and magazines and the paint, because he had it, because mm-hmm. he painted, and they made covers during the day that would go into the hole as well. Yeah. So now they have these heads that they put in the bed, and they go and they work in the shop that they allowed them to build. So, another thing that they picked up from Popular Mechanic Magazine was how to make duck decoys out of rubber, using steam to keep them afloat, seal out the water. This information, coupled with the steam from the pipes in the ceiling where their workshop was, and the raincoats, gave them the supplies and knowledge they needed to build life preservers and a raft. Yeah. So once their supplies were finalized, they picked a night to escape and confirm the plan. So now it's June 11th, 1962. After lights out, they were supposed to meet in the workshop. The brothers and Frank were able to get out of their vents, but for whatever reason, that night, Alan West was not. And after some time of trying to help him, the rest of the group made the decision to leave him behind because they were wasting valuable time trying to get him out. Yeah. They did leave his life preserver if he did, by chance, end up catching up. Hmm. So, instead, it was just the brothers and Frank, and they made their way to the workshop. They carried their supplies through a vent on the roof, which they found was not sealed. And they had known that ahead of time. They also made a makeshift periscope to stick through the vent to make sure there was no guards on the roof. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you could have done anything else. <laughs> but that's what they did. So they they stick their supplies up through the roof. They crawled across the roof and down a pipe from the ceiling, which it was a kitchen vent pipe that went all the way down the building and down the side so now they're on the ground, they used makeshift wire cutters that they made to get through the barbed wire and scaled the walls of the prison. Crazy. Crazy. They would make stops throughout this process continually to hear if anyone had sounded alarms for them missing. So they'd go a little bit, then they'd just sit there and wait. And there was no sound, so they'd keep going. This is when, and this one really just sent me for a loop, this is when the accordion that was supposed to be used for jam band came into play. It was refabricated to be a pump to blow up the raft and life vests on the shoreline of the San Francisco Bay. I love that. They put their life jackets on. They grabbed their oars that they made from scrap wood and boarded the raft. It wouldn't be until the next morning when the guards were walking around and waking the prisoners up for counts that they would be found missing. The guards made it to Frank Morris's cell and yelled at him to wake up, but he didn't move. So the guard poked his bed and was horrified when his head rolled out of the bed. <laughs> Such like an old-timey yeah. movie. Head falls like out of the bed. Charlie Chaplin film. 
so initially he's like, holy shit, this guy's dead. And then he's like, but his head's not bleeding. So once the terror settled and the guard realized what he was actually looking at, which was a model of Frank's head, meaning that they had escaped, the search for these three fugitives would be the biggest manhunt of the time. But after an exhaustive search covering weeks and miles of land, the only recovered their life jackets. The FBI eventually got this information all from Alan West, who was willing to tell the tale once he knew that they escaped and it was going to buy him like a little bit of Mm -hmm. leeway in jail. Yeah. For years, it was assumed that the unforgiving San Francisco Bay claimed these three escapees until the Algans brother's mother received a Christmas card from them Mm. with no return address. She would continue to get cards and flowers from them, but received no other communication. And, you know, you could think maybe somebody else from the family was sending it to make her feel better. But eventually, there is a, a picture that surfaced, and I, it was on the documentary I watched last night, so it really does exist. There's a theory that these fugitives, specifically the brothers, made it to Brazil, which is where they would work for a family friend who was in the mob which I know sounds outlandish, but the family friend gave the mother of the brothers a picture, which showed what seems to be the two brothers in an area in Brazil. They seem about 15 years older, which is really on point for where they were. And even the FBI who saw this picture are pretty certain it is those brothers. Like an an age yeah. specialist was like, yeah, no, that's them. They're in Brazil. Wow. But- oh. But the FBI still claims that they were claimed by the San Francisco Bay. Yeah, that's the... So do you think that they made it across the bay, or was the bay their final resting place? I want to feel like they made it, but I hope they knew the ocean conditions for the day, or the bay. So one of the um, things that I watched, I think it was Expeditions Unknown, which that guy kind of irritates me. Um, he was saying one of the thoughts, because one of the biggest issues was the tides and Mm -hmm. you just wouldn't be able to not float out to sea, but the only way to get to Alcatraz was by boat. And the last boat would leave at 1115. They broke out of their cells at 1030, which would time out that they would be on the shoreline at 1115. And there was about a hundred feet of electrical wire missing, Mm -hmm. which is relatively heavy to carry if you're not going to use it. And it wasn't anywhere else. So they're thinking maybe they, like, lassoed the boat without the boat noticing and then let the boat go because it's dark. Yeah. And then just tugboated behind the boat 100 feet. Mm. So that way the boat would pull them in the general right direction. And then once they got close, they only had to paddle a little bit because that was the only way you were going to make it. Yeah. Also, there's, like, crazy sharks in yeah. this bay. Yeah. It's wild. It shouldn't be called a bay. It's an unfriendly place. It's not... I don't like the ocean to begin with, but you're not going to find me there. Mm -mm. I don't know. I feel like maybe they made it. That would be really interesting. I hope they did. I hope they did, too. But also, then, I'm surprised that they could stay out of trouble this time. For this long, yeah, knowing their repertoire. They just love to either be getting out of something or just getting in trouble. Getting out or getting in. I don't know. Get out or get in, said the Anklin brothers. Or they died in the mob. I don't know. Yeah, that's a possibility, too. But... It, Love it. The the picture is like wild, and then in expeditions unknown, of course, they went to where that they they thought that picture came from in Brazil because it had very specific termite mounds that are like this tall, and there was a river behind it. it looked exactly like the place in the picture. Mm. Hmm. What are you doing out there, brothers? 
I like it. So that is Escaping the Rock. Thanks for that. Anytime. Enjoyed that. All right. I'll uh, talk to you later. Well, we'll talk to you in like two seconds. Yeah. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.